welcome. I love it. Thank you for being here. I know some folks are coming tomorrow, and then we have some folks that are here tonight that aren't coming tomorrow. So you got to get everything you can get today, right? So here, I want to tell you something. I'm going to do all the housekeeping right now so that when we start worship, if our speaker wants to just come up and start speaking, he can, or we'll stop worship and introduce him. But either way, we're, we're making room for the Holy Ghost to move. Amen? So tonight, I have specific plans for you. Yes, I do. <laughs> I didn't just do a conference for the sake of a conference, but God always has a reason why he wants us to come together. And this specific conference is about the ministry of angels. So I want you to focus on the whole idea that God has angels assigned to us, angels for us, and we need to know all we can about that. Amen? So a couple housekeeping things. How many of you see a little bag on your table? Yeah. Did you check it out already? Of course you would. Why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> I'm going to check mine out too. So what we have is we have a bunch of information in there, but the most important things are these snacks, right? <laughs> see right here? And then we have water at the table for you, right? And then this right here is my latest book, and it's my gift to you. I wrote it just a few weeks ago. And uh, this is called a self-talk devotional. Now, a few people have already started using it and shared their testimonies with me. And it's already started making a change in their life. So I want you to give an opportunity tonight when you go home. Take a look at it. And I have written verses out so that you can say them and record them. Right? How many of you have smartphones? Yeah? Then you got all the tools you need here. I'm going to demonstrate for you, right? So I'll have the worship team stop playing just for a second. I'm going to take my phone. All right, so it's all quiet, right? On your phones, you if you have an um, uh, iPhone, you could just type in the word V, the letter V. Well, I might have to type more letters in. So you type the, the word voice in. And a little app come up, your voice memo app. You click on it, and you get something looking like this. I'm giving you a little tech demo. You didn't think about that at a woman's conference, right? And then you press this red button right here. And now you're starting to record. So you get your self-talk book. And here I'm just going to pick uh, Relationship, Chapter 4. And this is how I said mine. Based on 1 Corinthians 6.20, God bought, for, God bought me for a high price. I am paid for and I honor God with my body. Based on Proverbs 4.23, I guard my heart above all else because out of it flows the issues of my life. You see? And there's something powerful about you talking to yourself. 
Every single day, you hear messages from every place that you dwell in. So if you're at work all day, whatever the work people talk about is what you are hearing and picking up. When you're driving down the road, every day you're driving in the same, you know, the same route to go to work, and you're reading the same billboard signs. You're probably behind the same cars, right? <laughs> you're probably listening to the same music. All those things get into your mind and you could do self-talk about yourself with those things that you're hearing what what would happen if you decided to create your own voice your own words with your own voice and play it in the background when you're getting ready play it in the background when you're getting ready to go to bed at night when you're getting ready in the morning see what a difference it will make then you will start filling your own mind with the words about yourself that you want to be amen so that's how it is designed to work. You want to hear mine? I did my own to test it out. And it, take, it took me a little bit less than 20 minutes. On Psalm 103, my soul and everything inside of me blesses the Lord. I bless the holy name of God. You hear that? I did that on my phone in my office. It took less than 20 minutes. I went online and looked up YouTube instrumental music. And I picked the songs I like, played it in the background, and talked. That's it, right? So the reason this is important, ladies, is because what you say affects the people that you are hanging out with. What you think about yourself affects the people you're hanging out with. And wouldn't it be great if you can have the proper things to say and the proper ways that you think about yourself, right? So this is my gift to you. I really want you to use it so that it can be a blessing to your life and to your children and grandchildren if you have any, or to somebody else's kid and grandkids. Amen? You guys are staring at me like I'm cray-cray, making me nervous. All right. Uh, it's a little warm in here. Is it warm? Yeah. Oh. Pastor Doug asked me if the temperature was okay, and I said, oh, yeah, it feels great. But now I'm thinking, man. <laughs> hey, I'm just loosening you up a little bit, right? Everybody all right? Yeah, yep. yeah we're here to have fun, right? So I want to tell you something. I want to tell you that Dr. Jacobs, he's sitting right over there. Dr. Jacobs, if you would wave your hand, <laughs> is here with us the whole weekend. And he has flown in all the way from Kentucky. <laughs> He's traveled all over the world. And I'm going to read his bio to you because once we start worshiping, I've given him the freedom to just come up and um, speak if he wants to start speaking then, or I can officially introduce him. But we want the Holy Spirit to move. Amen? So uh, here is his official bio. It says, Dr. Jacobs is the founding pastor of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana, and has been in ministry since 1976. I won't wow. tell you how old I was when in that year. <laughs> Along with authoring several books, he also serves as a board member of Dufresne Ministries Fresh Oil Fellowship. How many of you guys have ever heard of Dufresne Ministries? Oh, yes. Isn't it awesome? Yes, that's where I saw Dr. Dr. Jacobs speaking. A pastor to several pastors, Dr. Jacobs has ministered on more than 
115 missions trips in 17 nations and travels extensively throughout the United States. Physical healings and deliverance are evident in his meetings as he ministers with a tangible anointing that helps to restore, repair, and rescue. Amen? Amen. If I were you and there was some unsolved problem in my life, I would be saying to God, I'm here for some answers. All right? So I just want you to set yourself up to receive. Amen? Uh, We have some things for you this weekend. Tonight, we have, do we have, where's Miss Lisa? Oh, Miss Lisa's still working. (laughs) I think we have some eggs. You know the ones you stuff with candy? Oh, we got them. Okay. So listen, this weekend was going to be our Easter egg hunt for the kids in the community. But we thought this was something we would rather do instead. So... (laughs) So instead of us bringing the community here, we have bins of eggs on the way out the door tonight for you that you could take for your kids and grandkids or whoever you'd like to, to have a little fun with. So have at it. We have our kids next weekend. We're going to do that for them here. But uh, we want to bless you with that tonight. So that's your little takeaway tonight besides our beautiful bag. But then tomorrow we have about, I don't know, 15 or more maybe more, uh, prizes to give away. So tomorrow you're going to haul in the good stuff as well. And so we're going to do that tomorrow for those of you who are going to be here. Um, Let me see. I want to introduce my husband, Pastor Doug. (laughs) Come say something, my love. Well, ladies, we are so excited uh, that you're here. Uh, This is a divine appointment. You may have uh, thought that you just came here by coincidence, but there's no coincidence with God. God has something for you, and he knows that you're here, and uh, I know that you're expecting, and great things are going to happen. Amen. 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 And then on the drums is Josiah. That's my son, Josiah. He just turned 10, and he, um, he and his brother, Gabriel, is in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Rama, and he's going to be 19 in a couple of, in next week, in a couple of days, yes, in a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> five days, in five days he will be 19. He received a gift from his father and I today, and he was thanking us, and I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what it is. <laughs> I wasn't going to fess up. I didn't know what it was. But his father said, well, I sent it to you. Your mom didn't know what it is. He doesn't know what it is. And he, he did reply. I still don't know what it is. He did reply that uh, when he opened the box, he realized, yep, this is from dad. Dad did this one. <laughs> so uh, I've been busy finishing up the last stages of uh, my doctoral dissertation. And so I've literally been, you know, dreaming of words and <laughs> references and formatting. And so my husband has been doing a lot of the uh, work <laughs> that goes with family and church 
and our staff here has been doing a tremendous job of putting this together. Don't you think it looks great in here? Thank you guys so much. And uh, so that's why I was a little bit out of that. But next year will be different. Amen. <laughs> so uh, the other thing I'd like to tell you about, let me see. Um, oh, we're going to read the scripture. See, I was going to put it up there, but now you're going to have to hear me say every word. We're going to read Psalm 29. And then when I'm finished reading this, we're going to pray. So, so you can stand for that if you'd like when we start praying. We're really going to pray, right? So if you're not familiar with praying a lot and, you're, you know, you see we're getting a little crazy, it's, it's all right. It's okay. If anything, you could just watch us and go, wow, these people are. Or you could be like, wow, I'd like to do that someday. Either way, just observe, right? And receive from what God has for you. We're going to pray and then we're going to worship God. And we have the words for you there that you can, uh, you know, you might know some of these songs already. And, uh, and we're just going to invite the presence of God to enjoy in this place, right? Because where two or three are gathered, he's there, right? But it's good when we can have fellowship, right? Not just I'm there, right? Like you could come to the conference and just sit there and go home and not talk to anybody else. And so you were there, but you didn't really fellowship, right? We want to have fellowship with God. Amen? So here's Psalm 29 from the Message Translation. So today, this scripture was quickened to me, and there was just one word I was interested in, and I wasn't sure what psalm it was in or what the psalm said, but I knew what the word was. So then when I looked up the scripture, I I couldn't figure out how to say the word, and when I get to the word, I'll stop so I can explain what it means. (laughs) And then I pulled the chapter up and saw the beginning verse of the chapter, and I thought, well, look at that. So here's what it says in the message. Psalm 29. Bravo, good God. Bravo. Gods and all angels shout. You see that? Encore. In awe before the glory in awe before God's visible power. Stand at attention. Dress your best to honor him. God thunders across the waters. Brilliant. His voice and his face streaming brightness. God across the floodwaters. God's thunder titanic. It's spelled T-Y-M-P-A-N-I-C, and here's what it means. Relating to a, to or resembling a drum. (laughs) So God's interested in speaking really loud tonight so we don't miss it, right? (laughs) God's thunder, symphonic. God's thunder smashes cedars. God topples the northern cedars. The mountain ranges skip like spring colts. The high ridges jump like wild kid goats. Does that sound free to you? God's thunder spits fire. God thunders the wilderness quakes. 
He makes the desert of Kadesh shake. God's thunder acts, sets the oak tree dancing. A wild dance whirling, the pelting rain strips their branches. We fall to our knees, we call out glory. Above the floodwaters is God's throne from which his power flows, from which he rules the world. God makes his people strong. God gives his people peace. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? This is the God that we're here to serve, to worship, to adore, to talk about, and to learn more about. Amen? Amen. We're going to pray right now. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. Listen, I want you to worship God. I want you to experience his presence. I want you to just relax and and just get refreshed tonight in this place. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory in this place. We worship the living God. We worship the almighty God, the one and only. Lord, we lift up your name in this place. There is no other name. There is no other name that is higher than the name of Almighty God. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you in this place. Come on, just lift your hands up. We worship you in this place, Lord. Thank you. 
a little bit. I feel like there's just some heaviness. Come on. Let's just release. Come on. Whatever you came in with, it's got to go. Hallelujah. We're here to worship the living God. We're here to worship the King of Kings. We're here to worship the Lord of Lords. a good, good God. Ladies, if you have children, just thank Him for your kids. Just thank Him for your kids and your grandkids right now. If you don't have kids, but you know people who do, just thank thank God for children. Oh, we worship you in this house. We worship you in this house. Lord, it's your goodness that leads people to repentance. We send your goodness to our kids. Lord, let their eyes be open. Let them see the goodness of God. Let them see how good you are, oh God. Oh, we expose the lies of the enemy right before their very eyes. We say that they will know just how good our God is. Yeah. 
You know the blessing? And listen, when we sing the blessing, you're singing this song for your family. Do you hear me? I don't want you to leave this weekend with your with hopelessness about your kids. It's just not going to happen. You might as well plan for it. That's my plan. <laughs> I didn't tell you my full plan when I said in the beginning. That's my plan. We are women of God. If you're not born again yet, you're going to get to be born again. And then you're going to say, I'm a woman of God. And being a woman of God gives you power. And you know, one of the things you have power over, (laughs) it's your womb. Your womb. Whether you've had babies or you haven't had babies, you're a woman, you got a womb. And the enemy can't have one. So he's mad. And we're going to speak that the fruit of our womb will serve the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And not the kingdom of darkness. I didn't do all that work so Satan can get somebody to use. I don't think so. <laughs> That's how I speak over my children. I don't fine tune everything. I say the fruit of my womb serves the kingdom of God. 
show us the things that you have for us that we might not even know. We thank you for the plans that you have for the generations that belong to us. We take responsibility and we take ownership for them, Father. And we say that according to Psalm 139, everything you wrote about them, before you send them to this earth, everything you wrote about us, before you sent us to this earth, will be fulfilled just as you have written it, Father. We thank you that you love us so much that you watch over your word to perform it in our very lives. And I thank you, Lord, that tonight condemnation and shame and reproach and unworthiness is removed from this place in the name of Jesus. And every woman and every person of the sound of my voice has been set free from the bondage of what another ear, what another mouth has said. But Father, I pray that they will hear the voice of the Holy Ghost and they will know exactly why you created them and for what purpose. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, ladies. You can be seated. I know it was a lot, right, to sing and follow me. I, I slowed down for everything. <laughs> I slowed down a little bit. Our God is worth every sacrifice we could ever make. It doesn't even come close to what he did. Amen? 
And so, wow, we serve an awesome God, don't we? Listen, we're going to receive tonight, amen? We're going to receive from God tonight. And I want you to take notes and write questions down because tomorrow we're going to give you an opportunity. You're going to give us your questions tomorrow when you come in. We'll have papers on the table for you or however you want to do it. Put it in, bring it on the paper and put it in the basket. And we'll ask uh, Dr. Jacobs some questions. I'll ask it to him for you. So write it down if you want it. And uh, so he can help answer some of these questions. Amen. So if he, when he's teaching, you're like, what did he just say? I, I don't think so. That's a question. Write it down. Right? So you can get it out of your head so you can hear the rest of what he's saying. Right? So you don't get a question stuck in your head. Amen? Now, one of the things I wanted to say also is if you would like to, I know some of you registered and already donated some stuff for registering, but we are receiving an offering at any time. So we have a podium right to my left back here coming in, and we have a podium right to the, by the bookstore. If you'd like to give an offering for this weekend's uh, festivities, that's something you can choose to do. And I don't know what happened. And so, <laughs> and you could just uh, go ahead at any time and put those in those bins. Amen? And uh, we will pray over it and bless it and it'll multiply. Amen? <laughs> it always does. You know, God says that he'll multiply our seeds sown. The whole message to that. But anyway, it's not just the harvest you get. It's the seed you sow that gets multiplied. Are you guys ready for the word tonight? I don't think I'm forgetting anything. You see this pretty thing right here? It's right in the back at the youth. What are you calling yourself? The cafe back there. <laughs> it is also in the bookstore, but it is a beautiful recipe book. Isn't it beautiful? Our young people designed it and put it together, and it is part of their fundraising. They are taking a trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma for camp meeting, and it's the 50th year of camp meeting for uh, Rama in Tulsa, where Gabe is going and where Sean is going, and that's uh, two of our boys from this church, and we're all going to go there for camp meeting, Amen. So our young people are raising the money to get there. So we get to be part of that. Well, Dr. Jacobs, I already read everything about you. <laughs> and I'd like to invite you now, if you'd like to come on up. I don't think I forgot anything, Miss Lisa. And uh, we want to give him all the time. You remember we said from 6 to 8.30, right? I think I got it. We have an hour and a half. You got an hour and a half for me? Or more, <laughs> or if you like. Oh, that's great. <laughs> We're going to be here. Whoever has to leave, you know, I'm sorry that you have to leave. But if, if, if Dr. Jacob is like to take longer, it's okay with me. So <laughs> welcome. Thank you. To our women's conference. And thank, thank you, you for Pastor. being here. Thank you God so much. Welcome thank you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. I get refreshed by the praise and worship with you guys. And uh, Pastor's been very gracious, Pastor Fiona, to say I could stop him, but I just wanted to enter in with you. And I thought it was wonderful. And, of course, I don't know these people. I don't know any of you people. But I'm beginning to see you and beginning to understand you and, and how you flow here and stuff. And I was just so taken back by the praise team. It was just wonderful. And uh, Charity Gale's one of my favorite singers that I like currently. And uh, you guys sang her song tonight, maybe more than one, but I know you sang that one, Speak the Name. So, 
Hallelujah. Well, I don't know that I'm going to be able to answer all your questions. Uh, if you have them, I will do my best. Uh, you know, I've only been studying this subject for about 44 years. So, you know, I don't know everything. Don't let all these pages throw you. Uh, we're not going to try to cover everything, but I've got little bits and pieces here and there like an omelet, and I'm going to stir it up and fix it for you. And uh, it's just become, and maybe, I don't know when, I'll have to pray about that. I have a lot of visions that I've had. I'm not bragging. I didn't ask for any of them, and I've never asked for any of them, and nor will I ever, because that's something you, can, you could ask for, but I don't think that's wise to do personally. But anyway, you know, we may share some of those visions maybe tonight, but not probably, probably maybe tomorrow or even Sunday I may share. I have about six or seven major visions. I've had a lot of smaller visions, but anyway, I don't know if that registers with anybody, but just talking to you. Now, if I sound real casual about this subject, it's not because I'm taking it flippantly. I've just had a lot of experience with angels in my lifetime. And uh, so it's not ever casual with me, but it may sound that way to you when I start teaching. So don't take it that way. It's a very serious realm. It's another realm that most people don't even realize exists. I know we say we do, but, you know, the Bible says there's invisible beings in heaven and in earth. Colossians tells us that. There's invisible beings. That means unless you have a vision, which would be something you see with your natural eyes, or your spiritual eyes, or a dream you'd have at night, or some other time when you're resting, or you operate in discerning of spirits, you're not going to see into that other realm. So I'm just letting you know that. I do operate in visions and discerning of spirits, so sometimes I see things other people don't see. It doesn't make me special, it just makes me me. If you're listening to me here, I hope you're listening. And I'm a very word-minded person, so I make sure what I'm seeing is scriptural and so forth. But sometimes when you begin to talk about these things, they sound so foreign to the average believer. My opinion is, and I've preached all over the world, uh, probably do 30 or 40 meetings a year now in local churches, and the book of Genesis has more revelation in it than most New Testament churches understand in the ministry of angels. I mean, I'd say 99.9% of the churches are way behind on this subject. So if you feel like I'm kind of pushing you to get into it, of course I am. <laughs> Yeah, I have a book over there. It's only about a hundred some pages. When I originally sent the, the you know documentation to somebody to, to transcribe it, it was 517 pages, and the Lord laughed at me. I thought it was kind of funny too. He started laughing. He said, "Michael, you you're never going to be able to teach all that in this earth. Just write it to about a hundred pages and write it so a third grader could understand it, because most people are so far behind, you just lose them in the track. So just." Try to compile that and make it simple, which is what I've done. So thank you so much for your enthusiasm, but <laughs> I know you're listening, trying to figure me out. Okay. Let's begin over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, one of the main passages on this topic of angels. And by the way, there is over 300 references in your Bibles to the subject of angels, over 300 I've been preaching this is my 45th year of full-time ministry. My wife and I did 44 years together last August, and she went to heaven in September. So I'm continuing. This is my 45th year of full-time ministry. I've been in this quite a while. And uh, I have a computer. I don't use it. Somebody said, well, how did you look that up on a computer? No, I looked it up with a reference book, one at a time, all 300 of them, about 50 times in my life, and I'm still doing that today, and I'm 72 years old. So... 
you know, I just pay attention to what I'm studying. And I do know other subjects beside this, but most of them you probably know a little bit about some of those others, like faith, confession, blood covenant, gifts of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, and all that. So anyway, this is something that God has just put in my heart and made me kind of functionable in. So let's begin here in Hebrews, first of all, chapter 1, verse 13. And when you think about Hebrews, it's a comparison throughout the whole book. In the first chapter, they're comparing Jesus with angels. And, of course, Jesus wins. Okay. But I want to say that so this will make sense to you when I tell you what I'm going to tell you. Verse 13 says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? He didn't say that to an angel. He said that to Jesus. And he also says it to us. And are they, the word they referring back to the comment, the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now, let me read it to you a little bit different because this is 2,000 years old. It's really eternal, but I just want to prove a point here. Are they not all ministering spirits, the angels, sent forth to minister for them who are the heirs of salvation? If he was already sending them to help us become an heir of salvation, how much more would he do it for his sons and daughters? I'm just trying to help you understand that comment. You, she's with me. Anybody else understand it? Okay, I'm not, I'm not, if you tell me you don't understand me, I'm going to pray for your brains because I am not, I'm not a, a you know, a very intellectual person. I could talk better, but I don't try to because I just want to make it simple for people. All right. So this is an imperative that we get this. Are they not all ministering spirits? They all have ministries. I would say it this way for our modern, you know, day we live. They all have a job description. They're not all, they don't all look alike. They don't all the same function. And I'll talk about some of the angels that work with me in the healing ministry as I get on into this tonight. So that you can understand that a little better. And I didn't know any of this when I started. I just started studying the subject because I was interested and I began to see some revelation in 1980. So I began to study this subject. I started studying on deliverance in 1978, two years before that. So we've got a lot of information on that. But we're going to stay on track with this. And if you get in the prayer line, I might cast the devil out of you if you need it. You just have to trust me or get mad. Either way, it's okay with me. Just want you to know that. All right. Are they not all ministering spirits? So just like we have fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, that's primarily what I am, a prophet now. You have the teachers, the pastors, and evangelists. Those are all five. And you have the ministry of helps, which is an office. And there's other, a few other offices I could mention, but we're not going to go down that trail too deep. So just like all five ministry gifts, even if you lined up 20 of us that are prophets, we're not clones of each other. I'm an individual. Now, I was around Dr. Ed Dufresne for 20 years as a prophet because God put him into my life supernaturally. I haven't got time to tell all that. But he saw that in me, and I, I knew it was in me, but I didn't know how to get to that area of the prophet and the prophetic and all that. I had some of that residue in me already, and then he poured into me all that he had that he could do for me to help me. So, you know, I'm just talking to you here. Are you with me? <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. So if you lined up 20 prophets, they'd be, you lined up 20 pastors. Some pastors are better preachers than others. Some are more shepherding. Some are more loving than others. Some are more soul winners than others. You know, some are better administrators than others. Some don't know how to administrate at all, but they love their cheap. 
and they make great pastors. I'm just talking to you here. So just like with that, we could go on and on. You can see where I'm going. All of these different angels have different ministries. And that's what they do. And tonight I want to just get some general concepts into you. And then at the last I'm going to talk about all the angels don't live in heaven. I hate to disappoint you, but they don't. And they're here on the earth with us. And furthermore, they go to church with us. There's angels in here with us. All of, all of them. All of my angels are here with me because they work for me. I, I say that uh, humbly, but I used to say 30 years ago, if you don't use your angels, I'm calling down to the unemployment office because I know how to work them and I'm going to get yours. You think I'm kidding? And then God has added to me over these last 35 years. I got a big group of angels work with me in the healing ministry. Got one angel works with me that does lungs. That's all he does, lungs, breathing problems, cancer, COPD, asthma, any kind of bronchial problems. You know, they have hands and faces and all that. But out of this finger, he's got a laser that shoots out of it, and he goes across people's chest, and he erases. If I'm in the spirit, I'll see the color of their lungs. They'll be miscolored, of course, if they're not healthy lungs. They look gray or they look dark gray. One will look black. He's put some new lungs in some people even. Yeah, but that's all he does. He don't do ears. He don't do ankles. I have other angels to do other things. I'm not making this complicated. I'm trying to just tell you what I know and what I've seen. More than that, I've seen the results of it. <laughs> yeah, I had, he put a new lung in a lady in, where, where was that at? Merced, California, in a prayer line. She just had two, three quarters of one lung removed for cancer. She was at my meeting. They thought prematurely. I said, if you have any breathing problems, get up here. I prayed for eight or nine, ten people, and I kicked her in the foot. When she, when she fell out, and I kicked her on the bottom. I'm talking to this lady right here. Somebody tell her if she's out. God's putting a new lung in you. And she went back to her doctor six weeks later, and he said, I don't understand it. I'm the surgeon that took it out. Three quarters, you got a brand new lung in there. What happened? Yeah. One of the most uh, amazing miracles I've seen is with a little boy in Costa Rica, about 10 years old, his grandfather invited me to come to the country and preach. I was teaching on angels because that's normally the first thing I go to in my thinking if somebody invites me and I've never been there before because almost 100% of the time they don't know anything about this realm. They know how to spell angel. Maybe somebody's had an experience with an angel, but you didn't know how to interpret it, so it didn't value you much. You know, if you don't know what it was for, there ha there's always strategic reasons that things happen in this unseen world. It's not like this natural world you live in. This is helter-skelter here. Not for us that are believers to know the Bible. We got order. But that other world, that unseen world, is extremely ordered. I'm telling you, there's not anything out of place out there. The demons are running wild where they're allowed to. You could stop it if you want. You should. And the angels are running with us to help us as God's elect make it through this earth without any problems. Hallelujah. Anyway, this little boy, I was preaching in Costa Rica, and I had said, if you have a lung problem, come up here. And a lady came up. She was elderly, about 80. I'm 72 now. I'm getting close to that, I guess. And she said, I've had lung problems my whole life. And I laid hands on her head and began to pray. But this angel showed up. I'd never seen him before the first time I saw him. Let me back it up six or eight months. I was at home where I live in Indiana. And God said, get up and pray, Michael. So I got up and went to the living room and prayed in tongues for 50 minutes. Then I get quiet. Then I listened for him to talk. And he said, I'm putting a new anointing on you. 
and it's for breathing problems with people. If they have cancer, they have COPD, they have bronchial problems, they have asthma, any kind of breathing thing, this will work for them. When that comes on you in the meeting, I want you to say that. Once you get them up, put your hands on their head, have them breathe once or twice, and I'll heal them. That's all he said. He didn't tell me nothing about this angel showing up. Six months later, I'm in Costa Rica, and the lady's in line, elderly lady, said, I've had problems my whole life. I'm almost 80 years old. And this angel showed up, and he put his finger right on her chest and went like this across her lungs. And he cleared out whatever was in there. That's all I can tell you. He just cleared it out. And they looked normal. Of course, she fell out. You know, she's laying there for a while. The next one in line was a little boy, 10 years old. He was the grandson of the man that asked me to come. I don't know why he was. I was on a little platform maybe one step up. He was over here maybe 20 feet from me. I'm not 20 feet yet. But anyway, this is the way he breathed the whole time I preached. Sound like a machine. Of course, my heart went out to him. He got in line. I said, hey, that angel's fixing you, buddy. And then, you know, we dismissed the service was over. I, that was the end of my ministry time for praying for lung problems. So I didn't go with that family. I went with some people with me. We went and had lunch, but the little boy went home with his family. His name was Jose. He's standing in the corner later. His mom noticed him. Jose, what are you doing? He was over there going, I'm breathing, Mama. <laughs> Hallelujah. She told me that night when he was born, he had some kind of problem with the bone structure in his chest, and it squeezed everything funny in there, and it just seemed like he was fighting for every breath. Ten years of that resolved in less than ten minutes. It just made him totally normal. So this is why I preach this, too. I didn't have all this angelic assistance when I started, but it came eventually. Because we were faithful to do what God told us to do. I'm trying to move faster here. I get telling stories, too, a lot. I don't know how many stories you like, but let, let me read verse 14 once, and then I'm going to just go into chapter 2, at least a verse or two. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Therefore, you never start a, word, a sentence with therefore, so he's still talking about angels here. Actually, he's talking about it in about verse 6 of the second chapter. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, like what I'm teaching you right now. At least you let it slip. You could get my book and get all fired up because I'm here maybe tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday, and I appreciate you being, I hope you're fired up about something I'm teaching you. Uh, You know, I just wasted a trip. (laughs) If you can't learn anything from me, then I should have stayed home, but... Anyway, <laughs> this says you get my book, get all fired up, but a month later, you're not talking to the angels, you're not releasing them. And by the way, you're the one doing it, not God. And I've, I can prove that. If I haven't got 75 hours to teach you. You know, I'm just trying to condense a lot of my thoughts. 1995, that's what, 27 years ago about or something, 29. I preached 15 Wednesday nights in a row on angels then and didn't finish what I knew back then. So we're talking about a massive amount of material, but I'm just trying to cut cut to the chase here and give some basic things so you can understand. There's another world that exists, and you don't have to see into it to have it work for you. But this is warning us to not let these things slip that I'm talking to you about because it would cost you perhaps your life. 
If I could go to heaven right now or just say, I need 20 people from heaven come down. I'm going to interview them. How old were you when you died? 18. How old were you when you died? 27. And what happened to you? Oh, I got in an accident. Did you know anything about angels? No, I, didn't, I know how to spell it. That's it. And that was, and it says right here in verse uh, 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And he's talking about the angels here, not new birth salvation, but the salvation that comes with the new creation and all the benefits that goes with that. You know, when you have little kids, I have two children. They're grown up now, married, got their own kids. But, you know, when I would buy stuff for them for Christmas, if I didn't get batteries, I was a dud because they couldn't use the stuff I bought them. I'm trying to say to you, angels are included in your inheritance. (laughs) You're not good enough to have them. I'm not either. But I don't want what I deserve. I want what's being offered. Get that out of your head. You want what you deserve. You're going to be gravely disappointed, I'm telling you. You want what's being offered, and it comes free. All of it comes by faith and by grace if you'll believe it. But if you don't believe it, it won't happen. And one of the main things these angels do is protect us. I mean, they protect us. They protected me since I've been saved, and I was a drug addict and drug dealer. Before I got saved, they even protected me then because of my mother's prayers. Because I sure wasn't praying to God back then. So I want to just, I want to talk to you. I got to slow down a little bit. I'm running quick here. <laughs> and I would tell you about my granddaughter. She's, uh, she's nine now. I think she was about maybe six. She was in a, maybe five, maybe a preschool, Lutheran preschool. And anyway, so she calls me at home. She calls grandma. Grandma was alive then. She said, if she, it's Natalie. You're, it's our granddaughter. She wants to talk to you, Papa. Yeah, honey, what's up? I, Mommy told me that you're you're the, some people call you the angel man. I said, well, they call me that, but I'm really not. I just know more than most people about them. What is it you want to know, honey? Well, Mommy said you had a book on it. I said, I do. She said, I want one. I said, do you read yet? No, but Mommy said she'd read it to me. Okay, I'll give you one, honey. She said, I want to see an angel. Can you help me? I said, I sure can't. Because that's not my place to tell you you can see into that realm. That's God's place. You have to talk to Jesus about that, honey. And if, if you need to see something, he can show you. Then I finally said, and she was, she's kind of a chatterbox. Uh, and one of my grandsons is like that. And I like communicating people because if you're quiet, I think you're hiding something. <laughs> okay, don't everybody try to talk at once either. So I said, what is your interest in this right now? Well, I want to pray for my friends at church like Bella and Avery. And I said, well, honey, could you pray if I led you in a prayer right now? Yeah. Say, Father. And she said, Father. I said, I believe in the angels that you've assigned to Avery and Bella to protect them today. And she repeated me. And I said, in Jesus' name, she repeated, I said, amen. That's all you have to do, honey. You don't have to see anything to use them. But you have to believe that they're doing what you say. So... She said to me, she said, I went to school yesterday, and it was show and tell, so I told the teacher. My pawpaw sees angels. <laughs> and some people call him the angel man. And I couldn't wait to ask this question. What did your teacher say? Nothing. 
I said, I figured as much. And it could have been a Baptist preschool or a Catholic preschool, though the Catholics believe more in the supernatural than the Pentecostals, in my opinion. But anyway, I'm just a believer. Hallelujah. So we're talking here about these angels. Let me let me give you a little more definition here. Uh, so I read verse 1 of chapter 2 to show you there's a, there's an importance with you retaining at least some level of what I'm trying to teach you. And you could buy my book, and I don't know why we didn't send more. I I don't know. I have to talk to my staff about that because they knew I was teaching on this, and they only sent 10 or 12 books over there on angels. I got other books on the table, and some of my sons have some books there that are committed to me that write books. But anyway, what I want to say, you could order more books. We could get you some if you really want them. But you have to pay attention and stay with it. It's what I'm saying. You just got to stay with these things. You know, the angels will do more for you if you will speak to them. Speak the word. Stay in the word until you know enough that you could just talk and speak to them, you know. Like I get up every day and say, Father, I thank you for the angels you've given charge over me to keep me safe today from all injury, harm, and destruction. In Jesus' name. I sent some angels here before I got here into this room. I didn't know this room existed until last night but because the pastors brought me over. But just to create an atmosphere for miracles. Hallelujah. Not that there's anything wrong with you, but they work with me for my ministry. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway. So now, verse 14, I'm going to delve a little deeper. And then we've got, I've got to get into this other part of it tonight, tonight with you, about the angels are on the planet with us. A lot of them. I don't care about the angels in heaven, to be honest with you. I don't live there yet. You do know I'm in, I'm in earth, right? You know I'm on this planet. I'm not an invisible person. I'm really talking. You're really looking at me. But if you'll just take it one step at a time, get my book or order some other books, or I could have Sean call tomorrow. We could send some next week. The staff isn't in on Saturday, so, you know, we, we could help you a little. Just to get that in you, just the basis of that. It's what God said, right, so a third grader could understand. I'm not putting anybody down by saying that. But God laughed at me because he said, Michael, Michael, 517 pages. Anyway. And you've, you've done well in your studies, but don't try to elaborate that much because it would take you forever to do that. But anyway, let, let me talk to you about the Amphite Bible, verse 14. It says in the Amphite Bible, verse 14, the angels are an assistance to us. They're an assistance. This man right here, Sean, raise your hand, Sean. He works for me, been with me 20 years or more. He wears about 17 hats. He works for my son, who's the pastor of the church now. I, my wife and I started it at the Lord's, with the Lord's help. But my son was a pastor, and I set him in that office, you know, to fulfill that and let me do. Because God said, two more years, and you're dead, man, Michael. This was seven years ago. Because I was trying to travel and pastor, and it was just becoming too much. And he knew it even more than I did, God did. And he said, you can't do this two more years, and you're a dead man, so... I want you to give it to your son now. And I said, well, I was hoping he's going to get a little older and I could put more in him. He said, I'll catch him up, but you better obey me. So I said, okay. You know, I mean, God always wins. I have it out with him sometimes. You Nobody acts like you ever have it out. I don't know what's wrong with you people. You just think you're all real obedient in every detail, right? All right. We'll talk more about that in one of the other sessions. I'll probably get you then. 
But now it says the angels in verse 14, Amphite Bible, and I had to take Greek in seminary. I didn't like it. There's eight tenses to the Greek language. There's only three to ours, so you can imagine what that is. It's complicated. But it's so unique. That's why the New Testament was written in that era of time, because they use certain words like love, and there's four or five Greek words that mean love in your New Testament. You just read L-O-V-E, and you think it's like you love your children, but that's only one meaning for that word. There's a meaning between a husband and wife. There's a meaning between a brother and a sister. There's love for God, and God has love for us. There's just a lot of different variants. But the Amphite Bible is the closest to the Greek New Testament I've ever read, and I've got 35 translations in my library. And in the Amphite Bible, verse 14, it says, The angels are an assistance to us. I was bringing that about Sean because... I burn up shredders. I got a thing for shredders. Now, you've got your own fetishes. Just leave me alone. But I like shredders. You know, paper shredders. And I burn them up sometimes. I just get on. My books in my library, they're shaking on the shelves. Because I said, if I find any unbelief in you, I'm shredding you today. And they go, oh, no. One time a tree knocked over and the guy across the street, they had the guy with the big things. They're putting limbs in there. I started salivating. I said, I, I got to get my blue jeans on and go out there and throw something in there. <laughs> I'm sorry to get you off on that. I got a thing for shredders. I like them. I love them. I don't love them. I love Jesus, but I like them. And Sean, I bur- recently burned another one up, and I said, Sean, throw it away and go get me a new shredder. And I was on a mission trip or somewhere out, out different than where I live, anyway. And he went and got a new one. Thank you. So, and, and I've used it already. <laughs> yeah. I like them. I don't know why I told you that now. But, you know, an assistance. See, he did all the work. He's got a credit card. He works for me. I pay his pay, you know. And he just, and I didn't, all I had to do was say, Sean, I need a new shredder. Just throw that one in the dumpster and go buy me a new one. At least that's strong. Not as big as this, but, you know, a little bigger than the one I had. So it'll do 14 or 15 or 20 pages at a time. That's not bad. I'll get off that. I don't have any interest in you guys. I can tell you're going, mm-hmm. Now, the Weymouth translation of verse 14, that's another credible New Testament, the Weymouth translation. New Testament says the angels are a benefit to us. So, you know, even if you only had a third grade education and you go to human resources to get a job, you're intelligent enough. You're going to ask somebody, how much do I make an hour if I get the job? And what, how much time do I get for lunch? And how, what do I get if I work overtime? And do I get a break at all, you know, to have a cup of coffee during the day? And if I get a lunch break, how many minutes is that? And you want to know about all that because you're smart. You're taking advantage of what the benefits are of that company. See, UPS is real big where I'm from in, in Louisville, Kentucky. They have thousands of employees there. And they, they pay for you to go to college and all kinds of stuff if you work for them long enough. So all I'm saying is many people are doing without the benefits of these angels because they don't even know they exist. And if they do, they don't know what to do about it. You know, just because you know something exists doesn't make it work for you. You know, I don't understand lasers. But, you know, I saw it one time they did get in that person's eye and did some surgery, and then they took a laser that was beefed up, and they cut a Sherman tank in two. So that's a variance there quite a bit. <laughs> but it's still doing stuff. And the angels, you have to know how to put them, put them to work for you. And one of the main things they try to do is protect you. 
They protect you. But they also can bring healing. We just got into a little bit. I'm going to tell you some more in a minute. But let me finish this here. So remember in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And it doesn't say angels right there in verse 2, but by the end of that chapter, verse 19 and 20, talks about the angels. So he was reminding us even back then, don't forget about these angels. I said some one time to be funny on verse 2 here, chapter 2 of Hebrews, I didn't have enough to let anything slip. It never was brought up in my home church. You know, I was a little crippled boy, and I got healed. I was a little, you know, Forrest Gump. I wore braces because I had crippled in my legs, and God healed me. I'll tell that story another time to you, and the angel came and ministered to me. But anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> huh? About what? Chapter 2, yeah. I said I didn't even know enough of chapter 2, verse 1, to let anything slip. I didn't know anything about them. I remember some person probably sent my mother this as a card for, uh, you know, Easter, what we call Easter. And it was like a little fat-looking, beer-bellied-looking, blonde-headed-looking preschooler. It's supposed to be an angel picking a guitar and eating a grape. (laughs) Believe me, listen to me carefully. If you see an angel in his natural habitat... I've had them appear to me as men, too, and they look just like men, dressed up. Just two men came to a wreck that some boys got in. Anyway, that's another story. I don't want to go there with you, but the point I'm making is, you know, we just got to get some intelligence into this thing. And then I went to seminary, and they never brought it up. I mean, seminary to be a preacher. They never brought it up. They didn't bring up deliverance either. It wasn't Rhema I went to. I went to a Southern Baptist intellectual school. The only reason I went there, that's all I knew. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost before I got out of there, despite of being there. Reading an Episcopalian's book. All I knew about Episcopalians was incense cone hats and, and, and candles. Now, let's, let me read this again. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? They're all ministering spirits. Maybe I could maybe just say this right here. Here's another. There's further on in this verse here. This word ministering in the Webster's, it, it says to give aid or service to the sick. You know the Webster's, you know Noah Webster, the original guy, not the new translation that you have from America, wherever we got it, that little red thing, it's collegiate. But I have the original one, it's about this thick. Somebody bought me that, a friend of mine, I don't know where they got it, it's huge. And with every definition, he gives scriptures. So I got that out there, to give aid or service to the sick, and in the Greek it means to function publicly as a benefit. And I was thinking about a couple of people that this happened to in my meetings. I went to, I was a meeting in Virginia, I think Chesapeake, Virginia. I was doing a camp meeting with three or four other preachers. And the first day I got there, we had a table like this. All the preachers, I was sitting there and there was a guy up preaching. He did a great job. He came to the table. I didn't know him. I never met him before in my life. He said, I'm so-and-so and I have problems with my spine, my back. And I said, well, I have anointing for that, but... I said, I will pray for you tonight because I'm preaching tonight, but I won't call it a word of knowledge because you just told me what you had. But I can call you up. I have anointing in my hands to help you in your spine. If that's okay. He said, sure. Are you listening to me? 
So he showed up. He said about halfway back, if he had a Bible, he wasn't looking at it. I got began to teach on angels. And I, every time I looked at him, he frustrated me because he looked like he was not even there. He just seemed like he was paying no attention at all to anything I was saying. And I thought, I don't know, this is a term I use back where I live. I was plowing his field crooked. You know what I mean by that? I'm going crooked to him. He's not thinking along with me. He's sitting there. He acts like he's mad. So, when and, and it'll come tonight. I'll do the same thing tonight when I'm done in just a few more minutes. I don't know when I'll quit. I'll try not to keep you till midnight, all right? I really won't. But uh, I, st- I stopped and I said, okay, uh, Jerry, stand out here in the aisle. And I went back to him and put my hands on his head. I said, there's that anointing for your spine. And all of a sudden, an angel came around my hip like this. He stuck his finger in his body down here, and he started rolling something. I said, Jerry, that angel's rolling something down here in your system. He turned around, and we were in a Marriott hotel. He turned around and ran out of my meeting. I thought, man, I've really, put, I've really got this guy mad at me now. He should run away from the whole meeting. Well, I don't let people get in me, so, you know, if you do that, I'm just going to ask somebody else, who's next? I'm going to pray for you. So I just went on ministering to two or three other people, and all of a sudden he came back. He's at the back. He goes, I go, Jerry, what What had happened to you? He said, well, you might have noticed I didn't look very friendly. Not, yes, I did notice. You looked like you were flat and mad. He said, you didn't know this, Dr. Jacobs. I've had a kidney stone for three days. I haven't been able to use the bathroom. I was in excruciating pain in your meeting, but when you said that angel was moving something, I could feel it moving, and I went to the men's room right outside the meeting and let that come out, and I'm healed. (laughs) You're not going to see that on CNN, Fox, or TBN either, that an angel could take a kidney stone out of somebody. I'm telling you, this stuff I saw, and the fruit was in the the person who told me what happened to him. Yeah. Then I had a lady one time. I was in Nashville, Tennessee, preaching. I have a good son there. I got two good sons there. They, one of them has two churches. One of them has one church. And I was at a hotel, one at a wonderful hotel. They put me in the Lowe's Vanderbilt right across from Vanderbilt University in Nashville. And I had a vision. I saw this car accident. I didn't know if it was male or female. I knew it was human. And I saw it tossed around the person. I didn't know it again if it was male or female. And I saw five different things. You know, I operate in word of knowledge. Like tonight, if I get something, I'll tell you, okay? Like if you have a neck problem, get up here. I'm going to minister to you. And if you have one, if you'd be smart to come and let me pray for you, and then you could be healed in your neck. That's how that works. Okay. But normally I don't have four or five things with one person. And I had five areas where this person's body was messed up. I said, the Lord just brought this back to me. I was teaching on angels. There was 80 people in the service. You're here tonight. You had an automobile accident, this, 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 this. And I gave a little explanation of all five areas. You were hurt in all five areas. Who is that? Lady over here. She got. She was so flabbergasted, she went, started stuttering. She went, well, 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 and she stopped herself. She said, I, I'm new here, preacher. I, this is the first time I've ever been to a church like this. I said, well, was what I said accurate? Exactly. Everything you just said about the five things, that's me. I said, well, I don't know if she's a heathen, a Catholic, uh, a, you know, or a believer or what. I said, would you allow me to lay my hands on your head and pray for you? Because I knew some of the areas were not her head, and I wasn't going to embarrass her. You listening to me? So she said, yeah, I'll come. And she came up, and so I said, okay, stand right here. And I went over it again with her because I felt she was nervous. 
I'm going to walk over to you and lay my hands on your head, and I'm going to release what's in my hands. It'll start through your system. You might feel something. You might not feel something, but it'll clean up. It'll repair all those five areas because God showed me a division, and you're the one. You said it was accurate. Then that's what's going to happen. So I started to go to her, and the Lord said, hold up. Oh, you want to be a woman of faith, a man of faith. Okay. He said, step back. There's the Lord talking to me. Tell her one of the angels that works with you in the healing ministry is going to handle it personally. Here we go. I said, okay, ma'am, the Lord, there's nothing wrong with you, but the Lord said one of the healing angels that works with me in my ministry is going to handle this personally. Would you mind just lifting your hands up? I like to say this about this lady, not being rude. She, she was not a Chinese gymnast. You know how a Chinese gymnast could put her head around her leg three times and go, you know, you ever seen those Chinese acrobats? Some of the stuff they do, it looks impossible. Well, she was not that. I don't think she'd ever been to a gym. That's all I'm going to say about that. But anyway, and she started back like this. Eighty people saw this, including me. I was just as startled as the rest of them. And she went back to where her head was down here. She was like a horseshoe going that way. I mean, you, I couldn't imagine, as I watched it, I could imagine the angel doing stuff to her. But it seemed like that spine would just popped out of her back because it was just... It was just unbelievable. And then she came up ever so slow, and then he turned her one way real far. I don't want to have to go to a chiropractor. But, and then, and then he, she put her hands up, and he pulled her up on her tiptoes like that and just gradually, and it took about 80 seconds, and she was totally healed. I didn't touch her. None of us touched her except the angel working on her. That'll make your day, won't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. It's exciting. Now, I want to read you something here, too, before we go any further here. I've got some other things to share, too, about incidents. But uh, this is from Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. Uh, this is a old newsletter. I think this came from Pastor Nancy Dufresne. She copied it uh, from a, a prophetic word he gave in 1988. This is Kenneth E. Hagan that's in heaven now. He had experienced three different angels came to him. One was political. One was uh, in the spirit realm, in the realm in which he ministers, he said. And he says, they'll learn to walk in the spirit, the people of God, men and women equipped with the power of the Holy Ghost. They'll learn to walk in the spirit. They'll learn to join forces with the forces of heaven. The angels will come and minister unto them, and the angels will come and minister with them. That's just what I told you happened. Angel ministered with me. Are you listening? Yeah. It's just amazing what happens when we believe for that and we know how that works with different ones. That I had a man in my church, he kind of in and out and up and down guy, unfortunately. Um, I liked him. He was a, he really had a good personality, but he just didn't stay faithful at the church. He was a, uh Ex-drug addict like me, alcoholic, he's bodybuilder. Oh, my gosh, his arms were as big as my legs, and they were just about that taunt. He was just a massive human being. He'd been stabbed, he'd been shot, and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, he was driving a truck. He left the church. We didn't see him for two years, and my wife was having dinner with her mother in a restaurant, and he showed back up in our city. And he's trying to walk over to my wife, Diana's her name, and he can't hardly move his feet. And every step he takes, he grimaces with his face. He just He's so unstable. And he said to my wife, Diana, I, I fell off my truck. What do you mean? He said, well, I was on a, 
18 uh, wheeler that puts cars on there, and I went up to get in the car over the cab that's 15 foot off the pavement. I opened the door, but I missed the railing and went straight down on the pavement. It broke every bone in both foot, both my ankles. I've had six surgeries. I've been on boots and hiney kick and medicine. Now, this Tylenol 3 play with it stuff, ladies. This is real medicine. Makes you feel like you're in next Tuesday and it's only Friday. You know, and he says, and he told my wife, and, and he said, you could tell I'm none the better. My wife wisely said, well, Michael, that's me, he has an anointing for bones. Why don't you come back to church? Maybe God will use him to heal you or at least get you help somehow. And he's in a lawsuit, man. He's suing this company for lots of money and everything. He's in the church. He's back about eight weeks. I get up one Sunday. He said, hey, Larry, come up here. God's going to finish that in your feet today. It took him a while to get to me because he's just really... Of course, he weighs 260 pounds, and he's pure muscle. <laughs> and he's, he's grimacing with every because he's got screws and bolts. He's got to wear a tag at the airport and the schools because I'm going to set your alarm off. I've got too much steel in my leg and my feet. And he got up there, and I laid hands on him like, like an altar like this, and he fell back, and he's laying there flat. And I'm on the first step. And I said, so what now, Father? And he said, well, just tell him we're going to watch because something's going to happen. My church was all there, and I said, well, let's just watch. God says something's going to happen here. He's out in the spirit. All of a sudden, one leg comes up. The thing twists like a, like, have you ever been to a, um, like a, where they're working on somebody in rehab? They'll pull that ligament, kind of stretch it, and twist their ankle. That's what that angel did. I saw him lift up his leg and do, and everybody in the front few rows, they could see that leg come up of, you can't twist your leg like that, normal. Somebody's got to help you. He laid that back down. That angel lifted the other leg, did that. He laid there another 30 seconds after the angel was through with him. He walked back to his seat like this. He fixed his feet. Oh, man, I'm trying to get this taught. All right. We just had a lot of wonderful things happen, and we and my whole church saw that. I mean, they they maybe they didn't see if they were in the back, but they saw the way barely moseyed to get up to the front. He couldn't hardly walk, and he, and then within a week he was taking a lap. We all jumped in, took a lap with him, and then a, a, a month later I gave him Mike said, Larry, come up and tell him what happened, and he stood up and jumped up and down on his feet flat on the platform like that to show that he had no pain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is right. We need to stay with the word, but we need to realize we do have help. See, in this verse 14, they're a benefit to us, and they're an assistance to us. I didn't heal that lady. I didn't heal that man. Now, sometimes when I'm praying for people, this is something else that they do with me. Now, not, not every single time, but many times. I was in Mexico, in Manzanillo, Mexico, with a good friend of mine. He's an apostle. His name's Mike Rabel, and I was preaching in a ladies' church, uh, Pastor Maria Rancoon, and she had several hundred people, and we were teaching on angels. Mike was interpreting. He speaks Spanish fluently. He spent 30 years in that nation. Uh, and I said, if you have a heart problem, get up here, cardio problem. You know, something's wrong with your heart. And there was a man, then there was a lady, then there was four or five or six other people. They were male and female. I don't remember everybody's gender, but I do the first two because of this. So when I got down off the platform, I laid hands on this guy, this man's head. I put my hands on his head. And when I did, this angel came around my side like that and stuck his whole hand, his arm, into that man's chest like this. And he looked like, from my eyes looking, he's like he's opening a safe. 
But what he was doing, the Lord revealed it, I'm repairing his heart. When I took my hand off his head, he pulled his arm out. The next one was a lady, did the same thing. When I had my hand on him, he had his arm in him. And he was fixing heart problems. I know you think just surgeons could do that, but listen, the angels know what they're doing. <laughs> they could put an, I'll tell you about her in a minute. Remind me to tell you about Joyce. This lady got a new heart. But anyway, and so I went down, and every one of them did the same thing. So when it was over, this lady, the second one in line, I thought it was funny. She ran to me real quick. Did you see that angel put his hand in my chest? I said, did you see an angel put his hand in your chest? I acted dumb. I want to see if she's really knowing what she, Yes, I did. And what did he do? I don't know what he did, but he fixed all the symptoms. When he took his hand out, everything was healed. I said, yeah, I saw him too. <laughs> you can't fake that. Because she her own witness, see, she said, uh, yeah. Anyway, praise God. We've got to move a little bit ahead here. I'm sorry. I only got one verse in you, too, maybe, but... All right, let's go, let's go back here to Genesis 28. Genesis, you okay with me? Okay, I'm just, maybe give me 15 minutes or so here to give this section because this is incredibly important. And when I saw it, I didn't want to, I, it wasn't that I didn't believe it, it's just hard to believe. And I said to the Lord after, I'll show you in just a minute what happened. And then I said, well, if this is really real, what you're showing me here, you're going to have to give me some more accounts of this. And one of them has to be in the New Testament. That means from Acts on, not Matthew on. Because I know my theology. And if it's not in there in the church, I don't want to know about it. He said, I'll do one better. I'll give you three extra references, and one of them will be in the letters. And, of course, I said, well, if it is, I don't know about it. And he said, there's a lot you don't know about. (laughs) And I said, yes, sir, I'm sorry, sir. Sorry. (laughs) Forgive me. So... I'm going to show you, and it's interesting in this passage, the angel, the angels that were here, it happened when he was at church. It's called the place of Bethel, the house of God, which Timothy tells us, 1 Timothy 3.15, the church is the house of God. So that's my first reference, but I'm going to give you more detail here in just a second. But I wanted you to know that. Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, also indicates angels come to church. They're listening right now while I'm talking. My angels are excited I'm talking about them because they told me that in 1983. Not just them that work for me, all of them that I saw in that huge room. I, I may tell that vision in a minute. If I don't, I'll have to wait till tomorrow. And I'm telling you, they, well, I'm going to tell you now because it'll make this more real. I was preaching, see, I started studying this in 80, 1983, a pastor friend in Louisville. I lived in southern Indiana, where I've lived the last 40-some years. Uh, he said, I want you to come do a three-day seminar on angels. I know you study about them. I've only been studying them three years. I mean, I guess he thought I was a real something. But I didn't really know hardly anything looking back on my own life. I pathetic, kind of. I'm thinking back then compared to what we know today. But I did my best. And I, I came in the first night, and I said, you got a place I could pray just by myself a minute that I could just get in a room by myself? Yeah, go, go downstairs in the radio room. It's soundproof. Just get in there. There's a chair and a desk. 
And when you get done praying, come on up, come in the service, and we'll turn it over to you as soon as we can. How's that? I said, that'd be great. So I went down there, and they had a chair, and I'm kneeling by this chair, you know, the arms of the chair. And then I had my hands up. I'm on my knees in front of this little chair in the radio room. It's not, it's six by six, probably, or six by eight. Small room, a lot of electrical equipment for radio and a desk and a chair. And I didn't have a clue this was going to happen. This was 1983. <laughs> All of a sudden, I come out of my body. You know, that makes you feel weird when you come out of your body and you're not in there anymore. And I look back. No, I look back. I'm going to act like I went this way. And I look back, and there I was. And But the angel, one angel had this arm up. Another angel had this arm up. You know why? The body without the spirit is dead. So you have to have somebody keeping you alive or you're going to, you're just going to lay there and die and they're, they're going to come haul your body to the morgue. I'm just telling you what I've seen. And I went somewhere else. Where did I go? I don't know. I went into another dimension. I wasn't in heaven, but I was in a huge room compared to that little radio room. And when I came to my senses, I'm still on my knees. I got my hands up and this room is like pretend this is the room, but it'd have to be two times back. The length of this doubled. And the sight of this doubled at least. And there was at least a thousand angels in that room. I, I couldn't even count them. I was so awestruck. They were big. They were small. They were strong. They were masculine. They were, they just looked like they were ready to be in a race. I don't mean they had on jogging outfits. I'm not, I'm not silly. But I could tell from the demeanor on them. They're, they're ready to be employed to do something. And the one that did the talking, the only one does the talking ever, ever with me, just one. And he knows my name. All of them know my name. And he, uh, every vision I've had, they call me Michael. He said, Michael, I'm, pretend I'm the angel. And there are all these angels are behind him. And I'm facing him. He's the first in line. He goes, we're excited you're teaching about us. For we've desired to be involved in the body of Christ. And they won't let us. And there was a sense of aggravation in his voice. I understand that totally now because it's that way today. Most people don't let them do anything. And then they're mad if nothing happens supernatural. And they're burying their children and they're burying their mates. And all that could have been prevented. Normal cause if you just believe for them to protect you. I would just encourage you. I'm a New Covenant guy. I'm a Hebrews 8 guy. I was saying that New Testament. But if I were to give you one chapter, it would be Psalm 91. Learn that and pray that every day. One of the most powerful passages in all the Bible on angels, Psalm 91. But anyway, he went like this, we're, and he went, we're, we're all excited you're teaching about us. And I cannot tell you how many times I've never counted them, and I'm pretty good at paying attention to visions I've had and writing down notes, remembering every detail. I can't tell you how many times there's two angels, they come to my hotel rooms many, many, many times in different cities, different countries, said, we're still excited you're teaching about us. Don't ever stop. Well, that's what I'm doing. And my spiritual father told me that too. On a private note, I hate to say that because it sounds like I'm tooting my horn. I don't got a horn to toot. No, really, I don't. But he said, listen, what you know, Michael, just keep teaching it. You're going to get some rebuttals because people just fight you about everything. But you just keep teaching it because you're teaching it right. He had a lot of experience. And I got some of his angels working with me now. And they're healing angels. And the only reason I know that, Pastor Nancy told me that. Nancy Dufresne, she was married to Dr. Ed Dufresne. I never called him Ed, I called him doctor, but anyway. Oh, what was I saying here? <laughs> huh? Genesis 28, thank you. 
Thank you. Listen, they want to be involved with us. And see, and what I, you, you know, I know people say, I bet you told that church you just saw a bunch of angels that night. Are you kidding? I didn't tell anybody that at all for four or five months. I wasn't even sure I was tuned in right. I don't know how you feel about stuff like this, but this, you, you have a real encounter. I never finished my comment. You have a real encounter with an angel in his natural habitat. You're going to have to have faith or huggies. They will scare something out of you. I'm not being funny to say that. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've seen them, and they just, there's nothing like a little preschool, fat looking, beer bellied looking preschooler that ladies got in their cabinets at home. I mean, I'm not telling you you need to break them, but don't think of your angel looking like that. They're masculine, they're powerful, they can handle themselves. Yeah, and you know, I, when I was, Raising my kids, my wife and I together, she did more than I did probably, but still yet, when they got big enough to drive, I just said, Father, I'll release the angels to them to take care of them and keep them safe no matter what it takes to do that, if you get my drift. Yeah. I wasn't going to bury my kids at a young age. And I, I'm not making fun of anybody that's lost a child. Don't take it that way. It's not what I'm saying. But maybe you didn't know that. Maybe a lot of people didn't know that. Because that's probably one of the questions four of you want to ask me tomorrow. What about people that lose their children? What about it? I don't know the parents. I don't know the grandparents. I don't have any idea what they really believed or what they ever said out of their own mouth that would have protected those children. I just know God tells me if I'll do what he said to do and talk right, I could have heaven on earth right here. And that would not include burying young children or any buried like that. That wouldn't include that. They would be delivered from that. We'll get into that tomorrow on our personal angels. We haven't even talked about that. You all have personal angels. You do know that. I'm going to give you about five or six or seven references. I only have to give you two or three. So, <laughs> I'm quoting the scriptures to you in the mouth of two or more witnesses. Okay. All right. Let's look at this a little bit here. I started reading this and I began to see something in Genesis 28. Thank you, Fiona. She's really paying attention. Verse 12, and he dreamed, this is Jacob, he dreamed, I told you you'd have to have a dream or a vision or discerning a spirit. He dreamed, behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and the, behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Now, I read it just like I read it to you and the Lord was with me that day in the sense he said, you still don't get it, Michael. You read it again out loud to yourself. Well, I read it the second time. He said, you still don't have it. Read it again. I said, okay. I read it the third time. He said, you still don't have it. He made me read it seven times before I figured it out. I was reading it just what I read to you, but in my mind, I had it reversed. I had the angels were in heaven. They came down here, and they went back up. But that's not what that says. I had it in my mind. He cut a hole out of heaven and threw down a rope ladder to the earth where it tickled the grass and that's not what that says either. It said the angel, the ladder started at earth and went up into heaven, and the angels ascended and descended back to earth because that's where they live. Do you see it? <laughs> that's where they live. And I'm, that's not the only scripture I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you three more to prove to you what I'm saying is real. So, you know, when you think about angels and you think about your children particularly, you should never be thinking that your children's angels are off in heaven. That is not scriptural, beloved. I, and there's three different terms for heaven in the Bible. 
And Paul said, I was caught up to the third heaven. You want me to tell you what they are? The first one is the realm of the Spirit, which is right here with us today, but you can't see it. Unless you're operating in discerning of spirits, you'd see angels that are in here with us now. So, number one, heaven's the realm of the Spirit that you can't observe with the natural eyes. You'd have to have a vision, a dream, or operate in discerning of spirits. You'd see into that other realm. I'm glad I don't operate in that full time because it's just too much to deal with in your brain. But I Dave, you went by the clubs in your city and the dances places, and I won't be disgusting with you, places where girls dance and all. You'd see demons going in and out of those places, bars, strip clubs, nightclubs, adult bookstores. Do I need to say more? Are you with me yet? Okay. Just nod a little at me. Act like you're alive. Okay. You're just going. <laughs> I'm teasing you kind of, but I'm kind of slapping you on the back. Come on, catch up. All right. So I said to the Lord, this being true, this must mean that there's more angels in the earth than I've ever dreamed. He goes, yeah, you're getting it, Michael. Okay. Let me read on down through here. Look at this. Verse 16. Jacob waked out of his sleep, said, surely the Lord's in this place. I knew it not. He was afraid and said, how dreadful. That's a poor translation. The real word for that in the Hebrew is how awesome is this place. And this is none other but the house of God. That's where we're at tonight. We are the house of God, but we're in the house of God too. And this vision where the angels were coming and going took place at church. Yeah, and Ecclesiastes 5, I'm not going to turn there now, but it says, Be careful what you say at church because your angel's listening to you. And there's angels over every church. I'll get to that tomorrow so they'll know. I don't know if there are any other pastors here. You're the one responsible to release that angel. You know, I know a lot about him. I told my son, you're a pastor of this church now, son. You're going to have to speak to him, not me. I have authority over the whole thing, of course, but that's your job now. Do you speak to him and have him minister in behalf of this church? They know how to gather people, you know. They can't preach the gospel, but they could put something in somebody's thinking. Look at that church sign. I never noticed that before. Church on a rock. wonder what that is. Huh. And some people finally came by. They drove by our church for years and never saw the church sign. Just standing right out there in full view. But all of a sudden, one day, an angel probably hit them and they went, Oh! <laughs> and they called Brother Copeland, something, his ministry, and they gave us a thumbs up because they kind of know us. Not him personally, but anyway. And then it says here, verse 17, How dreadful, how awesome. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. See, the church is the gate that things flow through into your community from the churches. That's where it comes from. It comes from the church. It has heavenly influence in the community. It has heavenly influence in nations. See what I'm saying? There's a whole teaching on that. I'm not going to go there with you, but I wanted you to see this. Now, let's, let's see if, because I said to the Lord, if this, be, if this is true, and I believe it is, you're going to show me more. So let's go to John chapter 1. And verse 51, are you still, I'm trying to show you that the angels, a large proportion of them, and I don't know how many there is, you know, I got the answer for that. It's not what Daniel said, and it's not what Revelation said, it's what Hebrews says, they're innumerable. Because yes. <laughs> I asked the Lord about that. What about Daniel, and what about Revelation? Well, 10,000 times 10,000, but that doesn't say it all, Michael. How about Hebrews? I, that's my favorite book anyway, Hebrews. 
That makes sense. They're innumerable. He said, you know, you have a thing in the earth. What's that called when they count people? Yeah, census. Said there might be a couple people hid out behind a rock somewhere. They didn't count. But anyway, that's about it. They're going to gather pretty much everybody. But the angels are so innumerable. And in Second Kings in the Old Testament, I'm just throwing in a little thought to you. Second, Second Kings 6, it says the prophet said to his servant, they that be with us are more than they that be with our enemy. Because his servant was real cool. You know, he had his new Nikes on. He had his headband, his Evian bottle. He's out jogging around the city. He comes back to the prophet. They got us surrounded, boss. He goes, no, they don't. And he goes, one, two. And then he looks, what is the matter with you, prophet? He said, Lord, open his eyes. And instead of seeing all the enemy there, he saw, but he saw that behind the enemy was the chariots of God, the angels therein. <laughs> and they had the enemy surrounded. And then the prophet, he just played dumb kind of. It was, it's a sweet moment for a prophet like me. Hey. And he led him right into town. He said, who are you looking for? I'm looking for Oh, I'll take you to him. But first, and he went like that, and God smote them all with blindness. And he just took the lead horse, and they followed the enemy. He followed him into Israel, into Jerusalem. And then he said, okay, open his eyes. And they were surrounded. All the guys on the walls had bows. And the Bible says they never messed with them again in their lifetime. That's a pretty good record. Yeah. Another, because somebody asked me this question, do you think there's enough for me to have an angel or two? Yes. Yes. I can't believe some of the questions that people ask me. I just, I don't understand that sometimes. Plenty of angels to go around. And if you don't want yours, I'll take them. I'll put them to use because I know how to put them to use. I do. I'm not bragging. I've just had to learn that. And just you could talk the word, you could talk in line with the word, you know, as long as you're not violating scripture. You know, Psalm 91 would be a place to start that. There's other places really good too. Okay, we're in John 151. (laughs) Somebody needs to say amen occasionally. Thank you. Ag me on a little. John 151, and he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking, I think. He said, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending, same terminology, upon the Son of Man. Now he includes men. He's talking about himself, but he's also identifying with mankind as a man. Jesus was a man. I know he was virgin born. I understand that. The Holy Ghost went over in Mary and planted that seed. The sperm of God went into her by the Holy Ghost. Supernatural. I mean, you know, anyway, but it's saying now that angels coming and going, ascending and descending upon the sun. Now man is going to be more involved with them moving in the earth, even since Jesus was here. You know, everything they had in the Old Testament was good, but everything over here is better. (laughs) Get over in the New Covenant, it's better. So that means we have what they had, then some. Okay, let's go here to Zechariah chapter 1. This is a prophet in the Bible that had a lot of visions, Zechariah. Go to Malachi and turn left. Go back a book or two. You'll hit it. Malachi, 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 and then Zechariah chapter 1. And, uh, and these are the verses that God gave me to show, to prove to me that the angels were here. The angels that I need are here. 
I remembered what I was going to tell you, and I forgot to. I'm sorry. I'm just wound tight, I guess, and I'm not on medication either or anything, just so you know. But uh, <laughs> you know, the Lord talked to me about your children, thinking your angels, his, their angels were in heaven. Listen, I don't care if you go to speed of light; you're still not going to get there in time. The Lord said to me, "What would happen to your president?" This is what He said to me by an illustration. This was when, uh, uh, what is that place over there? That movie, the famous movie, Black Hawk Down. What's the name of that country? Somalia, those people over there are cutthroats, you know, and other countries are just as evil. And he said, what do you think would happen, Michael, if you sent your president to Somalia and the Secret Service ended up in Germany? I said, that's not hard to bring him home in a box because other countries that hate us would think it's a feather in their hat to kill our president. And he would need to have protection with him if he's going to be protected. That's what I'm trying to get over to you. When you think your kid's angels are in heaven, that's not right thinking. He has to be here. To, the angel with your children or you has to be with you to protect you. I'm trying to help you here. You know, I've studied all this out. You know, Paul said I was caught up to the third heaven. I told you the first level was the spirit world. The second is the, is the stars, the moons, the galaxies. And they sent up a telescope 15 years ago. They sent up a satellite, excuse me, with a Hubble telescope in it. And they're, it's been up there 15 years. And they're taking pictures of planets that look like Earth, back to NASA. I read an article about it. And we don't even know what even what even's all out there in outer space yet. That thing is still going at so many thousand miles an hour. It's taking pictures of everything it sees, the moons, the stars, different galaxies they're into. And then there's a planet called heaven in the north of the universe. The Bible teaches that. So there's three heavens. Paul said, I was caught up to the third heaven. So sometimes when you read heaven in your Bible, you automatically think that's where Jesus is at. That's legitimate if that's in the context. But if it's not, you need to think it through. He could just mean this unseen realm. I think that's what he meant here in John 151. But, you know, I'm not going to argue and debate that with everybody. I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm just trying to understand my Bible intelligently because I ask a lot of questions. Because I got confused because it said, well, it seems like there would be more than one heaven. Then I found that verse that Paul said, I was caught up to the third heaven. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Zechariah chapter 1. You're with me, right? Let's read verse 7 through 10. Upon the four and twentieth day of the eleventh month, which is the month Sebat, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Barakai, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, I saw by night, and behold, a man riding upon a red horse. He stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom, and behind him there were red horses speckled in white. Then said I, O oh my Lord, what are these? And the angel that talked with me said unto me, I will show you what these be. And the man that stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are they whom the Lord has sent. Does it sound like Hebrews 1.14 to you? These are they whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro through the earth. So all of these, he was having a, he was talking to an angel here, the prophet. But then also all these other angels were on horseback and different things. And he said, well, who are all these? And he said, these are they whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro through the earth, not in heaven, through the earth, in La Tierra. That's Spanish, you know. I know a couple words. That's about it. 
So we're see, we've seen three witnesses now that the angels are where? In the earth. Not all of them because there's angels in heaven, but we're not there yet. Let me say it to you this way. God is just smarter than all of us put together. He wouldn't have, leaved out, he wouldn't have left out a certain angel that we needed if we needed him. He would be included. You follow me? Okay, now let's go to 1 Corinthians 4. And this shocked me because I said, Lord, I don't know anything in the letters like that. And he said, I know there's a lot you don't know yet. All right, you're right about that. You're going to help me, though, aren't you? Yes, I am. I said, thank you. Okay, I'm just about ready to close. And then I will minister to some of you, if that's okay, unless you need to go home. And then come tomorrow, we'll minister. Every service will be different with me. You know, I've got all kinds of things of healings and different things that we can talk about. I tried to talk about the ones I felt led to talk about tonight. But this is important that we realize this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. He says, I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, or we would just say, I would say the ministry in a generic way, last as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. And so, you know, my Bible's a Cambridge and it has GR, which means by the word spectacle and it says GR theater. But because I don't believe footnotes of people anymore because they've lied to me so much. I went to my Greek New Testament and that's the word there. It is theater. And so listen what this is saying. We are, we're not going to be, we are a theater to men. Men can look at my life and follow me around and see what I do. Right? The world could follow me and see what I do. But the angels also are looking at me because I'm a theater. You're a theater. What do you do at the theater? What do you do when your grandkids have a, a, a presentation at school or church? You sit and listen, look. You look and you listen. What do you think the angels have been doing tonight in here? They've been listening to me. And by the way, they're very excited about this. And looking at us. They've been listening and looking because we're a theater to them. And why are they looking and listening? They're trying to get you to say something that they could be activated on. They're tired of not doing nothing. They're tired of having a smoke by the dumpster, being a... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I am just remember that angel spoke to me. I've had many of them speaking, and I'll tell more in the visions later. But that one, and he said, we're so excited you're teaching about us, Michael, because we desire to be involved in the body of Christ, and they won't let us. And I mean, it was almost a pathetic, his voice, it grieved me that I, it grieved me in the moment. That's why I never said anything publicly for a long time about it, because I was just getting adjusted to having those kind of experiences, and it was new to me. You can't fault me for that. And I mean, I'm in a room with maybe a thousand beings that I'd never even viewed before. I'd never even seen. I've seen one angel when I was five. I'll tell about that another time. But other than that, I hadn't seen anything until later in life. And it takes time to assimilate all that into your, into your person. All I know is that all those angels were supernatural beings, and they were anxious to help us. And we were stopping them. We were hindering them from helping us. I don't know how that affects you. It, affects, it grieves me that people would do that through ignorance or unbelief or whatever they're thinking. I don't know. 
when some of us know something now, we're trying to get it over to people so they could take advantage of what is already yours to begin with. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be a good boy or girl. I mean, you should be that for God, but you understand what I mean? It's not my performance that's making them do anything. It's my faith in them according to the Scriptures. Thank you for that amen. Ding, ding, ding. I heard it. So I would like to pray for people. First of all, I have anointing for bones. Any of you have any bone problems in your system, your spine, your neck, your elbows, your knees, your hips, your all that? Just come on up here, please. I'm going to pray for you. If that would be all right, I'm going to do that. And that to Sean. Well, he's coming. Okay. Come on up. Hallelujah. I don't know. We need to move this or is this okay? Oh, he's going to move it. He's a big guy. He could handle that. All right, so I'm going to lay hands on you, and the anointing will come into your body and start working on whatever the area is that's a problem. It could come in an instant. It could come boom like that, or it could come in the next day or two because the power of God will start working on you in an area that you need help. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. You may feel something. You might not feel something. I couldn't guarantee it. Sometimes people fall out. Sometimes they don't. I don't try to shove anybody. I'm kind of aggressive when I pray for people, and I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at anybody, but, I mean, I lay hands on people forcefully because that's what I do. And I used to not be that way. I used to be real passive. And then my spiritual father, he got me in a prayer line one time and said, you're going to pray for all these people. And I started down there in Jesus' name like that, real nonchalant. And he said, be, he screamed at me in front of the whole congregation, be bold about it, Michael, be bold. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And people, their crutches went flying, their canes went flying, their, their walkers got put down, and they were healed. I'm just thrilled to hear that, see that. Okay, where am I at? I'm all the way over here to this lady. Okay, what's happening to you? I'm standing to have my son for scoliosis. Scoliosis, okay. It's really bad. Really bad. Can, can you bring him to church? I can't. He's in Pittsburgh. Oh, he's in. But I'm his mother. Okay. I'm in agreement. Okay, let me give you. This is my hanky. The only thing I did is wipe some tears tonight. I have a ministry of this too. Father, I release my faith. That anointing in my hands on this cloth when his mother sends it to him, that he'll put it on his body and it'll cause that body to be healed. And any evil spirits that have been there will have to be vacated too in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. There you go. Okay. Be healed in your body, in your bones. In the name of Jesus, I command your bones to be healed. I command your bones to be healed. In the, oh, in Jesus' name. I command your bones to be healed in the name of Jesus. There it is, going into you now. Receive that. That's okay. It's okay, honey. Go ahead. Jesus' name, power of God's working on her. Father, I command those bones to be healed. I command the power of God to go into her bones now. Melt out all calcium deposits. The fire of God will melt out those areas where there's a crinkly sound in your system because of the calcium deposits that have been laid up there in the bone structure. And, Father, we thank you. You'll most moisten these bones and cause them to live again. Be healed in your bones, in your body, top of your head, to the soles of your feet, in the name of Jesus. It's anointing's working. Command those bones to be healed in your body, ma'am, in Jesus' name, by the power of the living God. Oh, my goodness. That's it. Receive that anointing. Let it go into you. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to help. There it is right there. Take that. Anointing go into you. That's it. Take that. Oh, my goodness. you got a chair behind you here, lady. Let those guys help us. In Jesus' name, 
Oh, that anointing's strong. You feel that? Coming out of my hand, it's hot. It's going into your system now. Father, I thank you for healing her bones in Jesus' name. Thank you for healing her bones in the name of Jesus. By the power of the living God, be healed in your body. Every joint, every place that's been stiff will be liberated now and functioning. In Jesus' name, be healed in your bone structure. In Jesus' name, I command it to be so in Jesus' name. Be healed in your bone structure. You guys got her? In Jesus' name, we thank you for that the healing power. God's going into your body. And it will continue to work and continue to work until it's all fixed. Father, I command that anointing to go into her body and fix those bones. Make them be remoistened. Make them make the, the places where there's been roughness, let it be burned out with the glory of God. Let the anointing go into this lady's body. Minister to her bones, Father. I resurrect all those bones. I command these bones to be healed by the anointing of God. Hallelujah. In my right hand, command your bones to be healed in the name of Jesus by the power of the living God. That's it right there. Be healed in your bones in the name of Jesus. Anointing goes into you, flows into you. Here it comes to you again. There it is right there. Oh, my goodness. Anointing goes into you now in your bones in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anointing goes into you now to heal your bones in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for it, Father. There it is right there. It's going into you. Where am I at? Over here. Okay. Okay. In the name of Jesus, I command the anointing to go into your bones and heal you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ever bit of that to leave you. Ever bit of that to come out of all of them that's been an issue. In Jesus' name, anointing strong on you. Command your bones to be healed, ma'am, in Jesus' name, by the anointing of God. That's it right there. The power's on you. Anointing to be healed's on you for your bones right now. That's it. Receive it. That's it. It's going in you. In the name of Jesus, watch her. In the name of Jesus, be healed in your body right now in those bones. Legs be strong. Back be strong. Elbows be strong. Legs be strong in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to pray for at least one more people. I mean, everybody came that needed to come for that. Am I right? I'm just checking me. I, I, I want you to listen to me carefully. There are several of you here today. You know, you're pretty good at smiling at me, but there's a real heaviness about some of you tonight. I want to minister to you, and I'm going to rebuke that off of you if you would allow me to. And there's some sadness over things that have happened. You haven't resolved some things, maybe. Or maybe there's some bitterness or anger or stuff that somebody did something to you. It wasn't appropriate. I don't know. I just know there's some people here that's got some internal issues tonight. And I would like to pray for you to be delivered from that. Because sadness and grief and all that stuff will break you down. I I figured this out 15 or 20 years ago about forgiveness. I had to forgive everybody in my past, and I this is what I did. Listen, I forgive everybody in my future until I go to heaven because I know there's going to be some jerky people I'm going to run into eventually that just aren't right. And I just determined back then I'm not going to hold anything against anybody anymore. I'm just talking, but I'm talking the truth here. I was a drug addict, and somebody pulled a gun on me one time, and when I got married, I told my wife, I'm good except for one thing. If I see this boy, I'm going to get out and kill him right in front of you because I've had it. And I was shocked to tell you that now. I know you feel like, oh, who is this guy? I was a drug dealer. That's who I was. And he could have just shot me and left me in the woods that night. 
so I was afraid too. It scared me, but I. But I came out of church, a Baptist church of all things, with my wife after I married her. And she knew how I felt about this guy. And we didn't fall out in the Baptist church, but she almost fell out in the concrete. She, I said, honey, I forgive so-and-so. I mentioned his name. She went, oh, my God, you are real. <laughs> and I got that settled. You know, sometimes people just get mouthy and gossipy and critical, and especially as a prophet. You know, I had to learn to take that. Because I'm different. Not, not I'm not better than anybody. I'm just different than some people. The way I function, the way I live, the way I think, the way I teach, who I am. I mean, it's not, I'm not a special person. I'm special to God because Jesus died for me, period. That's the way I feel about it. Are you listening to me? <laughs> but you've got to learn to accept yourself and realize that you're, you know, God wants to use you. So I'm going to ask you one more time. There might be one person here, too, that's kind of suicidal. I know that's a strong word to give in a group of ladies, but uh, if you're suffering from oppression, depression, and things of that nature come up here, I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you about it. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to rebuke the devil off of you because he's the one that makes you feel that way. He's the one that comes to beat you up verbally. Yeah, this lady was up here a minute ago. It's okay. It's okay, hon. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command that. Come out! Ever bit of that to loose her? Loose her soul, let go of her mind in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, Father. It has to leave. Something's leaving you, lady. Oh, there it went. Hallelujah. You're going to be okay, honey. You're going to be okay. She's going to be okay, everybody. Hallelujah. I've seen that happen a lot. Hallelujah. All right. In Jesus' name, come out. I rebuke that thing that's trying to take a hold of you and torment you. In Jesus' name, loose her. In the name of Jesus. You got it. In the name of Jesus, I command that to loose you by the power of the living God. Come out of her and torment her no more. In the name of Jesus. There it went. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, come out of her. I rebuke that thing. Come out of her, I said. You come out right now. I command your power broken over this lady's life once and for all. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody could get her some Kleenex if you wanted to help one of the ladies around me here. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. And I'm not making fun of anybody either by doing this. I, I care about people. I don't want people to suffer. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, people still think I'm mental, but I'm not. But I was locked up one time because I had a drug problem in a mental hospital, and I was a mess. I know what that's no fun. And I've been praying for people like this all over the world. You know, I was in Siberia, and I, gave, I told my testimony being a drug addict. I said, if you're currently a drug addict, I don't mean you were one last week, last month, last year. I mean you're one today. Run up here. Thirty-seven people came to the altar to get delivered. And every one of them got delivered that night. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, come out. I rebuke this thing that's tormented you and harassed you. In the name of Jesus, command that thing broken over your soul. Broken over your emotions. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Something's happening to you, lady. Something's happening to you. Here it went. In the name of Jesus. Come out! I rebuke that thing in your life and command that to loose you and let you go free right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Command that thing broken, settled now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come out! 
I break that thing in your life that's tried to torment and harass and set you back and set you back. And Jesus, come out of her. I command that thing to come out and loose you now. In Jesus' name. It's coming out. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hang on just a minute here. Huh, there it went. <laughs> you got delivered. Wow. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank, let's thank Jesus for all this right now. Father, we're so grateful for you ministering to people. Thank you. You have a whole lot more for these ladies in this conference, whatever we're calling it, tomorrow and Sunday morning. We're just grateful for all that you've done, Father, all that you've done for the people. I'm so thankful. I prayed today in my hotel room and last night and in coming, even before I got on a plane to come, that you would use us, that you would touch lives, change lives, help people, bless people. Take them out of a place they've been and put them in a new land, a new place, uh, not geographically, but spiritually and emotionally. And hallelujah. And we thank you for it tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm through for tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Yeah, you were up here, though, for this in Jesus name. Come out. I rebuke that thing in your life. Command that to loose you. Mm -hmm. Come out of her in the name of Jesus. Ever bit of that to loose you and let you go free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There it went. Now, you know, all of you up here, remember this. You might have a little moment where you get emotional when you go home or maybe even tomorrow. Don't think that's weird. You're not falling apart. The Lord's just working in you. I, I need to tell people that because I've had people tell me they felt funny in a day or two. They, oh, and I just cried, cried. I said, well, that's okay. God is working in you and working all that out of you that had had you, in, you know, chained up, so to speak, or held. You're going to all recover. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Oh, there she is, Pastor. I was looking Praise for Praise God. It, God is so good. Isn't he good? Yep. This freedom. Freedom is what needs to happen. So what you receive tonight, don't let it go. Yeah. Don't let it go. You know more tonight than before you came in. Don't forget that you know more now. And don't let it go. Don't let the thief steal it. Put it in your heart. Think about it. Work it over. Dream about it tonight. And ask the Holy Spirit for revelation about your angels and about what it is that you might be missing that you didn't know about. Amen? Was this awesome? So those of you who, who, those of you who weren't going to come tomorrow, I know you're probably like, well, <laughs> I was not good. You can call work and ask them for <laughs> a little extra couple hours coming late or something. I don't know. But what I'm saying is if you can make it back tomorrow for sure, you want to come. And uh, do ask, do write some questions down, a little pieces of paper if you can, and we'll have a place for you to put them when you come in the morning and um, so that you can, so we can gather them up sometime during the session when he's speaking. And I will ask him those questions on your behalf. 
so we can get some answers. Amen. Um, if you would like to give an offering, we would love to for you to do that. And so we have those two spots. But tonight before you leave as well or when you come in the morning, uh, we're going to give some gifts away to you because we like to give because we're God's kids. He gives stuff all the time, right? And we have that same nature around here. We like to give. So we're, we, are, we are receiving your names in a jar back in our youth center booth there. They have it somewhere. They're all looking where it is. It's an orange bucket. Who wants to lift up the orange bucket? That orange bucket right there, you can just drop your name tonight or tomorrow, and we'll do drawings out of that bucket to give you something. Because we don't know your names. We don't know everybody's names. I haven't met some of you ladies, but uh, we want to bless you. Amen? And, um, yeah, I feel like some of you guys got free. Some of you should have come up, but you didn't. But it's all right. Maybe it'll happen again tomorrow for you. We understand. <laughs> we could be a little scary sometimes. You don't know who we are. You're like, what? I'm not going over there. But it's all right. Just think about it tonight. <laughs> and you get an opportunity tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. And Lord, we receive everything that you have deposited in us tonight, Holy Spirit. Even things we might have missed, catch us up on it. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, we thank you for the blessing that Dr. Jacob's ministry is to us here, us women here in Palmyra, who he's never heard about, probably never even heard of the place until we called. But God, this is how your kingdom works, because we're all in your family and you know how to get us together. And so, Father, we extend gratefulness from this location in the earth. And we thank you, Lord that you've given us this opportunity to receive levels of understanding that we never knew about. Now, we thank you, Lord, for everything that we will, that we will see out of this, everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies. Feel free to browse around. The books that Dr. Jacobs has, I would suggest you get them tonight if you're thinking about them. I have a feeling they're going to be gone tomorrow. So, <laughs> and... Uh, Check out some of the stuff we have. You're welcome to stick around for a little bit.